Welcome to the Inspiration Incubator. Here we rejuvenate, reconnect, reteach, and redirect. I am your host, Leona Baker. It is our hope that you leave inspired with resources and information to help you achieve and dream. Our world needs you. Let's see who is next on the Inspiration Incubator. Beverly's Home Healthcare. Love is all that matters. Do you have a grandparent at home, a senior citizen, or perhaps just a loved one who needs additional assistance? Some may need non-medical services, such as personal care attendance, certified nursing assistance, respite care, home health aides, homemakers, companions, or housekeeping. Others may need a long run of personal care services. Well, contact Beverly's Home Health Care and get your loved one needs met today. You may contact them at 215-596-5200. That's 215-596-5200 today. According to New York, New York Access Wire, up-and-coming entrepreneur Anthony Money Shy Beverly has been setting a reputation in the real estate scene of Philadelphia. In partnership with mentor Dr. Developer Joe Williams, they and Artesian Townhomes have transformed the property business in the area from revamping the Avenue of the Arts, constructing the next campus for a university, and providing hundreds of houses in the Philly area. What most people do not know is this promising tycoon's inspiring life story before reaching his current success. Beverly was not born with a silver spoon. In fact, his life was not ideal. He grew up in one of West Philadelphia's Mill Creek projects and was exposed to street life. His troubled childhood almost cost his life. He was shot in the back of his head and got kidnapped. But like a gem, molded through extreme pressure. He made this his training ground to be successful. Now he travels the world and juggles visiting his homes on the East and West Coast. At an early age, he realized that patience and working smart will bring him places. He decided to give up that difficulty youth and started teaching himself about real estate. Part of his motivation came as he trailed along with his grandfather who was then engaged in realty. He preserved by networking every day, locating houses that were for sale and staying updated and educated. Years later, he met Joe Williams, who honed his skills. The rest was history. For the past 12 years, their team in Artesian Townhomes and the Williams Group have remodeled by projecting the creation of 900 jobs and generating revenue within the community. Years on the field led his business acumen to grow. Beverly, however, takes a pause and reflects on his life. Success is not measured by money. It is measured by the things we have overcome in life that got us to this point, he added. He then narrated how he has long prayed for God to rebuild his life and remove those that were not earned with hard work. He has long left his career as a champion street bike racer 
to refocus his thrust on property development and establishing a home health care agency. Aside from his career in real estate, Beverly is also working with the Money Team, a sports promotional company and lifestyle brand. He leads as his own boss in TMT after being introduced to boxing after being introduced to boxing champion Floyd Mayweather several years ago. Far from his luxurious belongings and lifestyle that the public sees, Beverly maintains a life of devotion to God as a Christian. He recalled how he has long left the problematic culture he was fixed, he was first exposed to. It was his conscious decision to surround himself with people who motivated him to dream and pursue his goals. Once I decided to change my life, I went from nothing to something. The main thing is I never gave up, not one time. I'd rather hang in there and keep pushing and pushing and don't take nothing for granted, he says. Well, hello, Anthony Beverly. Welcome to the Inspiration Incubator. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you, Miss Leona Baker? I am doing awesome. I am excited today that my brother from way back when is here with me today to talk about your success. And we celebrate you all the way every day. But today, I have an opportunity to celebrate you in front of the audience. Absolutely. So, yes, yes, because yeah. you know, I'm proud of you. Absolutely, absolutely. But not to cut you off, but I got to let you know, you're not nowhere near as, as excited as I am to be on the Inspiration Incubator. You know what I'm saying? Aww. Well, thank you. That's so sweet. Congratulations. Congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. Very welcome. Thank you. Now, I'm going to get right to it. I sure. want people to know some of the articles that you're featured in. So if they're wondering, oh, you know, that name Anthony Beverly doesn't ring a bell. They may have heard of TMT Shy. Well, you will be featured in the November New York Forest Magazine issue. Yes. You are currently in the Chicago Journal's top 20 entrepreneurs to be on the lookout for in 2020. I made number one on the list. Oh, number one. That's right, bro. Let them know. You made number one on the list. I'm telling you, I worked too hard, man. Come on. Come on now. (laughs) Um, You were featured in Yahoo Finance Magazine speaking on your Rags to Riches story. Absolutely. Which we're going to cover that today for the people. Sure. Um, You also made number three on Yahoo's top 20 people to follow in 2020. Yes. You were featured in Kivo Magazine on the success of your real estate. Right, right. You were featured in the New York Weekly. Yes. And also featured in New York Weekly, ABC, Fox, WRCB TV. I was also featured in uh, Dosage. It's called Dosage Dose. Magazine. Yes. Okay. That's, a, that's a great magazine as well. I was I was in there as well. So they awesome. got some cool stuff. Yes. Yes. We'll make sure that the people can read all about it. Yes. So, you know, um, you definitely have some blessings on your life. Okay, now I call you Big Bro. I call you TMT Shy, Anthony Beverly. Right. Um, but most of all, I, I refer to you as Bro. Okay? Right, right. And for the people who don't know, the reason is is that we go way, way back. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> wow. We had the big figure eight. You had the big figure eight earrings in school and and all that good stuff. You was always really, really uh classy and sophisticated. 
Oh, thank you. you know, well, we, we go further back than that, though. For sure. For sure. For <laughs> so sure. What's, your, what's your first memory of me at, at Cassidy Elementary School? Hey, That's hey, how far we go back. So, yeah, so <laughs> I remember uh, this one particular day, the day they put to the, the teachers put to the side for the children, and, and they entitled it Play Day. You remember that? Play day. <laughs> you thought, uh, how did you not remember play day? <laughs> yeah, so they, they I remember recess. <laughs> right, of course, right? So yeah. they, they named it, it was called Play Day. And we get to play all day. That's exactly wow. that's, yes. And um so I was um I was I used to do like uh somersaults and gymnastics. That was I remember favorite. that. I remember that you were the muscle man. You were the muscle yeah, man. I remember yeah, that. So I was walking on my hand down like those stairs. Remember, remember the stairs? Oh my gosh. Yes. Right, right. And outside, it was it was on the terrace, and it led all the way down to the to the to the um to the bottom of the you know, the playground. You know, so the yard. And I was in your way, and I damn near kicked you, and you 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 almost. <laughs> you, better, you, better, you better get moved. You, know, you had your little girlfriend click, whatever, and oh you, got, you got so mad at me because <laughs> my, damn, my damn shoe, my my little worn out shoe. <laughs> you know, because I was for the projects. I so don't remember that. I do. You was like, yo. Move it, Anthony. You get on my nerves. Move. Well, you know, well, you know what? I had a bad experience probably when you said something about your shoe tapped me now. I remember you remember, I'ma say his name. This is a disclaimer. Okay. Remember, of course. Yes, I, he took his hand and it landed somewhere it was not supposed to. And oh. I went, I lost it. Uh oh. Oh and you God. know, you I, know I, I was yes. He was a real pain in, the, in your butt. I remember that. That is funny. Well, you know, I, I, everybody was cool, but it was just, you can't be touching things you're not supposed to. Yeah, I don't yeah, play those I kind mean, of games. My mother, didn't, my mother taught me better than that. You know? Absolutely. So, absolutely. Go ahead. And I, and, and I felt bad because one time, I don't know if it was him or not, because you know how the boys play games and yeah. people tag and run. Right. But honey, he was standing behind me, so he had he, he had to get it. Like, I, I just turned around and whoever was standing there got it. Oh, so God. I, sorry, darling. I don't know if it was you or not, but poor, poor thing. He seemed to always get the uh short end of the stick. So let me oh tell you, God. you know, you know, uh back in school, uh like he was being he was getting uh, abused by his parents. And he would yeah, he would show me like all of these belt um whelps that was like all over his body. Like I'm talking oh about like God. that was like, yeah, some of them took the skin off him and everything. So and and, and, and oh yeah, nobody God. nobody else nobody else knew that except for um for me. He was just really comfortable with me and and you know I made him feel like you know everything was gonna be okay. You just can't be a pain in the butt. But he had a he had a like a um he was like kind of like neglected by his parents. Oh, that's, so, that's just so just so sad. It breaks my heart because yeah. You know, being an educator and then just also understanding the seriousness that yeah. goes into children being abused. It's like oh, yeah, absolutely. back when we were in school and we were we were so tight, you yeah. know, like we were just a, a, okay. a, 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 a nice group of kids. I remember once you you supposedly had this 
pole or something, like a nail or something in your donut. I was like, Anthony, did you put that in your donut? something. Wait, what happened? Tell me about that. You had like a nail or something in your, <laughs> in your donut. You were like, I'm suing these people. I'm suing these people. Really? And I, wait yeah. a minute, you talking about when you sneak to the bakery? Yes, yes, to the bakery. And it was a powdered donut. Right. Powdered donuts. Yep. What? And he was like, look, look, this was in my donut. This was in my donut. And I was like, Anthony, did you put that in your donut? Wait a minute. Hey, listen. Hey, I was always about the little dollar, right? Say no. <laughs> I think that's crazy. I think I remember that. Yeah, it'll come back to you. It will come back. Yeah, yeah I remember something like that. And I think what happened was, um, I think my, my my dad, God rest my dad's soul, but yeah. my dad used to, he used to, um, I used to be riding around my father, right? And I mean, my dad was a hustler, man. He said, I'm going to get it and by all means necessary. That's right. <laughs> he was hustling. He, said, he, had, he used to ride around with the neck brace in the back seat of the car. He wow. was not playing no games. And and he, I remember he used to, he had like people tap his car, like the car in front of him. <laughs> and man, he would fall out in the car. Oh he my God. Neck brace back there. <laughs> he had the neck brace on. Oh my, I'm suing. He would fall out the car. Oh my and God. Maybe I didn't have one too many rides with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I swear, I swear. <laughs> I didn't have one too many rides with my dad. I'm telling you because uh, they absorb what they see, you know, at a young age. Uh, you know, and especially my dad, he was my hero. I said, I'm gonna get me something. <laughs> I'm telling you. I feel like a lot. So well, I will say this. You you definitely are a hustler. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> you you've been hustling through the millions ever since. I, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, man. I said, okay. I got to learn how to uh use this about a you know, use this for good for good purposes. You know what hey. I'm saying? So, <laughs> I'm to yeah, so I think I'm here today to tell you. I, I, I'm here today to tell you that uh, I think I put that nail in that donut. Don't tell me. Okay. That. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know, um, we we it's crazy because coming up in Philly, Philly was just like a close close knit community, depending on what pocket you were in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what I mean, like on 51st Street with my grandparents. Yeah. You know, Parkside, we were close knit, tight. Yeah. Yeah. And then when I was with my mom up in Winfield, we were close knit tight. Yeah. You know, and because we came from, you know, a large family, my siblings and I, we we treated everybody like family. Right. You know? Right. And even in um Cassidy, I didn't bother anybody. You know, I, I was pretty quiet and stayed to myself until Ferdinand and I became friends after we fought. And that was only because she was picking on me because I was just quiet and to myself. So I was the kind of person, you don't bother me, I don't bother you. Uh, but just don't try to start anything with my brother or or my sister, and it's all good. Yeah, you yeah, know? Fredia, right? I remember. Yes, Fredia was my best Janae, friend. Fredia, Janae, um, uh, uh, man, your cousin Tamika Beverly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's my girl, Tamika. <laughs> <laughs> Denise. Uh, Denise, and you know what's so sad? I'm not going to mention, you know, a, a specific I, name, but I, since that time, yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget. I will never forget um, being an adult 
and seeing not oh, any of our classmates no, for the first time. on the corner like on the corner right in the city yeah. i know you're yeah. talking about yeah i was trying yeah. to figure out her name I, I'm, I cannot remember her name yeah it broke my heart to it see did that. oh it yeah broke my heart. Oh, and, oh yes oh right it was just, of 63rd and jefferson yeah yeah, yeah. because you know, um, it, it's just sad. that that was just a sad situation to oh, see yeah. a woman or, you know, somebody you knew since a child go through something yeah. like that. And the first thing that I said to myself was, where was her father? I'm telling you, where are her parents? But nonetheless, we had we had a lot of a lot of great memories. And yeah, we did. I we had a lot did. of fun, you know, walking to school together. Yeah. You know, just getting into fights. Yeah, getting into fights. Getting into fights fight with the Italians. Remember? Oh, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Do I remember? <laughs> Hold up. Do you remember my mom? How about that? Your mom came up there one time. Oh, oh, Tina don't play. Let me tell you what my mom did. Let me tell you what my mom did. My mom put her hair scarf on. Because first of all, yeah. everybody thought she was white when she had on her hair scarf. Yes. When she didn't have yes. her hair scarf on, people knew she was something. They were like, is she white? Is she black? What is she? People wow. couldn't figure it out because yeah. her hair was so thick. Right, right. You know, right. she didn't. When she didn't wear her hair straight. Okay. My mother put out the Italians mm-hmm. chased us yep. home yes. from school. Yes. Remember you that? You witness to that. Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 oh, oh, trust me. I'm going to be writing books for days one day. <laughs> the podcast is not for nothing. Okay. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And so um, we were running home and we ran straight home to my mom. And my mom said, What in the world? She yeah. said, Hold up. Let me grab my bag. She got her bag. She walked us up to the street. Uh-huh. She, told her, she walked up. It was either the barbershop they were in or the I store. I think it was the barbershop. Mm-hmm. My mom walked up in there. She said, let me tell you something right now. You see these kids right here? One, two, three, four. Yep. You don't the board. Mary Leon, she said, these are my kids. Yep. And my kids got to go to school. Yep. So she said, girl, by the time she got done with them, everybody was friends. I'm telling you. Everybody was friends by the time because she, Tina, was not playing. And she said, and if they chase you again, yes, it's over. Yes. It's a wrap. It's yes. going to be an all-out war. Yep. She was not playing. She said, because my kids got to get an education. My mom was always pushing education. Yep. <laughs> education. So, yes. yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You know, and, and looking back on that, Philly was so racist. It, and it still is in some instances because in North Philly, you have the Blacks in certain pockets. And then in West Philly, you have the Blacks in certain pockets. And then you have the Italians in South Philly. And, you know, if you go to the, the, the football game, unfortunately, you can still hear Black men being called. Absolutely. And um, it's just unfortunate, you know, that that's the way it is. But it, as I became an adult and I realized with my sons and I understood that I did not want my sons to grow up in Philly because of the, the streets were t- changing. Yeah, It was different when I was growing up and people knew who Mr. Baker was. They knew who my grandfather was and I had a certain amount of protection. Right, But it started to change because my grandfather was getting older and my uncles were getting older and I didn't want to raise my sons in that kind of environment, you yeah. know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I didn't want the, the streets to have my baby. But nonetheless, um, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. We're going to push forward. So yeah, those oh. are days with Cassie. We had, we always yeah, had a, a, a lot of fun. Wow. Connected since second grade. And that's, oh, I don't even know what the math is on that. Oh, I'm telling you. Um, goodness. Jeez. I'll have to do the math on that. Yeah. Okay. So 
So Anthony, tell us at this time about Beverly Home Health Care. How did it come about? What exactly it is that you do? And if anybody needs an employment opportunity, how they can contact you? Sure. Well, Beverly's Home Health Care, I named it after my last name because I wanted to be a household name. You know, I wanted to build a brand and I'm a health, I'm a healthcare provider. I pay individuals to take care of their loved one, family or friend. Um, and I mean, if you're out there and you're with someone at the supermarket that's, that has a medical condition that's on long-term disability and you're, you're with them and you're taking them places, you're you know, over their house, medication reminder, doing little range of motion exercises and helping them wash up or helping them get dressed, you know, running to the drugstore to get their prescriptions, all that. You can get paid for that. So so uh, they could definitely contact me um, at Beverly's Home com, or my office number is 215-596-5200. And just let me know, say, hey, I was referred from Leona Baker's podcast station, you know, and that way we could, um, I could contact my sister Leona and say, hey, sister, you know, they, they, they come in, you know, from your podcast station, you know, here's a little referral fee, you know what I'm saying? So we're, right. we're opening up in LA, Las Vegas. Uh, we're here in Philadelphia, Harrisburg, and we're going to be opening up in Jacksonville, Florida. So that's my, uh, I would say that's my, actually like my three to five year business plan. So awesome. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's, that's kind of cool. And, and with my agency, it's more than just home care. You know, that's what makes us different. Uh, you know, is, is that, you know, you're going to come out a winner, not just, um, you know, some people are comfortable with being a caregiver. That's fine. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, so that's, that's, that's super awesome. You're, you're, you're taking care of people, but we offer more than, more than that. That's great potential with my agency. So I don't want to give away all the goodies, you know, right. but. Yeah. And you definitely, you definitely have a blessing on your life. Yes. Absolutely. Those yeah. who do not know before moving millions, you grew up in Mill Creek projects in West yeah. Philadelphia. Yes. Not only were you shot, but you were kidnapped. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. Can you discuss any of the details of that time period in your life when trouble was the only way and the only wall of success that held you captive at that time? Of course. Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's a part of my story, you know, and, and it can help change someone else's life before they head down that wrong path, you know. Um, but sure, you can ask me anything you want, anything. But um, yeah, so up to what point do you know? Do you want to know about? Because I'm excited to tell you. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm all ears. Go, go for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was I was a street hustler, um, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I was into the streets, but I was never a put it like this. I always had Jesus Christ in my heart, mm. but I had to go through some things to. Um, to know how blessed I am, you see? Because Amen. people, people they go through things. The people that don't go through things in life are the ones that should reevaluate their life and say, mm. things is too perfect. What am I doing wrong? Whoever's out there, you guys are listening, 
if you're going through things, that's because the devil knows what your future holds. He knows what God has in store for you. And he wants to, the devil wants to throw these obstacles your way, hoping to turn you away from the Lord. Amen. But whatever happens, don't ever let no one throw you or turn you away from Jesus Christ. Hold on to his hand and he will show you he's, he's, his word. His gospel is the word of God, and they are one, and it will guide you down the right path, and it will show you how real and how how Jesus Christ's promise is always will always be with us. Because and if, if you if you just you just be patient, like if you have issues, um go through the storm, continue to pray. Don't just pray when you're having good times, but pray when you're not having good times, that's when the test comes in. You know, who, how many people can go through tragic situations against themselves, their family, all those type things and, and, or relationships and still get on their knees and pray or just don't you, you like, just, just pray to the Lord, talk to the Lord. And that's the test right there. That's, that's when the test comes up. So just, Stay focused, guys. Stay focused. Um, because with, with me, um, you know, I went through some things uh, when I was into the streets. Like I said, I was never I was never a hustler that like was going around using his little street so-called quote unquote power, which there is no power except Jesus Christ. But there now people, let's be real. There is power that the devil can give you because he wants your soul. He wants you to lead people down the wrong path so here you think you got this little power going on and 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 all this stuff with witchcraft and these false idols and all this just that, that universe stuff that nowadays a lot of people was thinking oh the universe and, no no there is no that's a universe but jesus christ created everything in god he created everything so the people let's get it together bottom line so anthony how did you get involved with the street life, and okay. why did you choose that route? Sure. So I used to, I used to, uh, you know, I grew up in Forty Sixth Street projects uh, from the age of like twelve on up. But then, before then, I was living around Fifty Sixth Street, uh, Fifty Sixth and Vodgers Street projects. It's right off a of market near between between Race and Arch. And so, excuse me. So when we used to say 46 and Hoop Street, was that where you were somewhere around here? Oh yeah. Oh, when I when I turned, my mother and I, uh, she she my, she was a single parent. My dad was still around, in and out of our lives. But you know, back and forth to jail. You know, uh, he done pulled too many uh, car accidents, uh, <laughs> <laughs> incidents. <laughs> but it's all good. But. Uh, even with, uh, my mom moved us when we were like 12 years old, around 46, 46 in Fairmont. That's Milky mm -hmm. Projects. And we were oh, yeah. literally about four blocks down from Hoop Street. So uh, that that was that was all good. So we was all like in cahoots with each other, you know, like family. So I was used to, I used to see all the guys, you know, I was in the projects, you know what I'm saying? Mom's on, mom, my mom was always a worker. Um, she was always a worker, raising two sons. And we just we used to see like the street hustlers, you know, driving by in their cars and all that. And and uh, I didn't I didn't really have the structuring of from my father that I should have had. 
that happens when you have that broken household. That's nowadays. That's what. That's not. You know. That's missing that structure. So yeah, oh yeah and, it, and it's just like another statistic. Is yeah. I, I get it. I, I get it as a as a single mom. Absolutely. And, and the statistics that I had to overcome with my sons. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Oh, yeah, I get it. You know, and so I believe that's very, very important to, to have, not to get off track, but to have dinner time, you know, put down the phones, put down the tablets, put, you know, put the computer up, sit down, let's have dinner time on the table, let's discuss, let's, family should discuss what's bothering our children, you know, things like that, and, and, and discuss, uh, come up with a game plan on how, uh, you know, you guys can fix the problem. You know, they have, you know, bullying going on and the parents oh, the children feel like, you know, we got to rebuke that, that uh, suicide demon. That's a demon, on you know, and the children feel like they don't have no one to talk to because they have a broken household, you know, yeah. and, and so try to, we need to just try to get back into speaking. Family time. Children. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, help them with their homework. Don't give them the, don't, us parents, don't just slide them the phone and tell them, sit down somewhere and, and, and get on your tablet or your phone. Don't let the phone or these devices raise your children, please. Right. Mm-hmm. Please, mm-hmm. please, because the devil works through tablets. He works through technology. The children are on their phones and next thing you know, they, they got little pop-up ads, pornographic pop-up ads and, and you know, um, <clears throat> that's, that's. It's, it's bad, guys. It's bad, man. So yeah. we got to protect our children while they're on them tablets, you know? Right. But anyway, so, you know, and we really didn't have that structuring, but my mother was trying to do the very best she could do. Uh, children needs their father as well. You know, that father can give them that that certain, that certain structuring that a father is meant to give to their children. And so we got led astray, you know, seeing a little fast cars coming through, the nice cars and the motorcycles and all that. So me being a natural born hustler, you know, actually, you know, you you remember Malik Ruff? No, not Malik. I do. Ma- Ma- yeah, I, rem- Malik Ruff. I remember Malik because Malik was short. Yeah, and I remember yeah. when he got yeah. shot and killed and I was, uh, that was, I was heard about that. Yeah. What happened? You said when he got killed, right? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah exactly. So, um, Malik and I, I used to see Malik, he used to be, uh, he used to have his little job. We was in about fifth grade, fourth, fifth grade. And when you're in, you know, fifth grade, it's like fourth and fifth grade. It's like, and you see one of your classmates, he pull out $50 or $60, you know, his little ones, his fives and all that. You're like, damn. Like, so I seen that one day we was walking up the hill to Lansdowne. We had got off at, you remember this, this remember this, the store? Right there at sixty third market. I mean sixty third in Lansdowne. Right, I remember. Right, so we used to walk up to a nice to see him. We used to stop at a little store before we go to school. And he used to have his little money and everything. I'd be like, you know, like I'm like, you know, hey, you know, help, man. Can I get a job with you? What you do? How you make your money? And he was like, and I sell papers for the for the uh, the Overbook Press. That was my first job was the Overbook Press. So wow. he put me he put me down. We was we was. We was delivering papers. My mom let me get the job. The guy came to our house to pick us up and go drop us off, put us on our little roots. And I was just like, I was just always, always working, trying to get to some money. And and that gave me a, 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 a taste of 
what life had in store that I that I had to make my own money because nobody's going to make it for me or give it to me. We got to work hard for it. And so, but then I end up stealing um, somebody's glasses. Um, I don't know what the hell for, but you know, you kids you do stupid stuff. I got fired. And I once I got fired, um, my next job was, I was, man, about this time, I was about 13 years old. And I was actually working at Shopping Bag at 48th and Brown. That was right across from the uh, our, our Mill Creek projects. And, um, you know, I was working and working. I was a little stock boy. Because I lived right around the corner. And I was making, they were, I think they were, I wasn't on, I wasn't getting a pay stub. So I was getting paid cash under the table at dinner every week. And uh, I think I was making like $75 a week. You know, that's pretty good for a kid that young. I mean, back then. Back yes. then. So it was like, yeah. So and I said, hustle. I was working legally at shopping bag. And I was bagging bags and stocking. And then I bought me a trench coat, a full full length trench coat, like 13 years mm-hmm. around a trench coat. That was crazy. I think I remember that. You, you oh, know, I had, yeah, I had a black trench coat. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so I bought, that, I bought the trench coat. And I just wanted more and more and more. So right. so then then what happened was I was actually tired of that because just because of just the the way my manager was looking at me at the time, like in regards to like like just getting on my nerves, like complain always find about something to complain about. So because I was doing my job. So and um her name was Diane. I remember Diane to this day. <laughs> but so and then I started working at McDonald's. Um out uh, West Philly on 52nd Street. But I wasn't too proud of people seeing me working at McDonald's because I wanted more. I didn't want them right. down on me. So I had this mindset at the age of like 12 and 13. It was crazy. So right. I was literally, by the time I started working at McDonald's, I was 14. And mm-hmm. and it's crazy because a lot of things changed back then, but I literally was getting a paycheck. And I think my mom had me... St- set up this is true like i don't know how but my mom somehow had me set up a bank account and got me a, a she was trying to show me how to work the mac machine literally i'm i promise you i'm not lying by this time i, 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 I remember i remember back then they even had like uh because i used to work for the mayor's office yeah through um a project through the city of philadelphia right and right. so i was getting checks at 14 i was getting checks at 12 working yeah. at uh yeah I'm telling you, know, Broadway. Yeah. So yeah, 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 it's yeah. I'm telling you, it's crazy, right? So, <laughs> and, like I tell people that they like, nah, I ain't gonna check. Yes, I really, really was. So, mm-hmm. and then it's just that. Um, then I, I was doing this little. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy when I was working at McDonald's. I figured out a way to like hustle McDonald's. You know, and it was crazy. Like I would, you know, how you place an order on the on the uh, cash register. So they put me up on a cash register. They should have did that. <laughs> so, oh, <God. laughs> you, you you know I'm you know I'm uh, my dad's name Basil right his real name's Eddie so you know I'm, you know I'm Edward's son <laughs> so <laughs> I ain't got I ain't got a uh, I don't got a neck brace or back brace in my back of my car you had those an idea to get some money <laughs> so you know how you would uh, you know this different now you can't just do this now but right. when people would come to me and they would place orders. Like I was thinking like this at a young age. When they would place the order, 
what I would do, I would cancel out the order. Like if they say, oh, I want three Big Macs, four apple pies, large fries, and all this stuff. I would, I would say, okay, I would come up with the cost of it. it let's say if it's like $20, and I would say, okay, let me cancel out the order. So you can cancel out the order, you go back in the day on, on the computers, but then I'd be like, hey, your order is like 20 bucks. You give me $10, I'll just give you all this for for 10 bucks, and I'll throw in something. And they were like, okay, cool. So I didn't even have to go in the drawer. They would just hand me the money, and then I would just like can't like charge like a little soda, you right. know what I'm saying? With the ten dollars, and I would like keep the change and give them all right. the food. So I did that over and over, and then and then I just oh my god, man! I was making all this money. I was making all this money, but then their damn uh, their inventory started coming up short. <laughs> they, said, they said something is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it sure is. <laughs> so, and I'm the damn culprit the whole time. It was hilarious, but you know, you know don't try to at home, folks. But uh, don't try man, I swear, I made, <laughs> man, I may had to make about before caught up with me about. Oh my god, about fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah. I was about to say I'm not going. I look. I was about to say I'm going to exit out. The <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you got caught. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. And, and, um. No, the inventory was coming up short. So what happened was I never, I never got, I never got because they couldn't point the finger. I never got caught for it. What happened was, um, they sent us to another McDonald's. I repeated the process. <laughs> My ass, right? Then, uh, what happened? So they, so, so they took me off a of register, right? Maybe they had, you know, I, you know, back then I wasn't thinking about it, but maybe they had like, I know it got to be Anthony, you know. So, and then, uh, <laughs> so then, um, they put me on stock, and I had like stock the freezers and all that. Then we, they put us out Nars Town. We had to go all the way out there. Um, I think they would um, have a little ride to come get the employees and take us out there, and we was like loading up the freezers and all that. That wasn't that wasn't my thing. So I was like, okay, this job is burnt out. <laughs> so, um, so then we would see. I was I would see all the street hustlers, and then that's when I started getting involved in the selling drugs, and um, and which I found out a way to scam that. <laughs> Well, but how do you, how do you, you just walk up to somebody? They just walk up to you? Um, no, how not? Well, there was this guy named G from New York back in the day. He used to have a red Cherokee with like all this loud, loud music. You know, that was like the end thing back in the day. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, that's, that's cool. And, and um, I was always the type I met, I, he, when I see him, I had finally seen him at this at 34th and like 30, 34th and Walnut. They had like this this uh, rap show with like all the old school rappers there. And I said, Look, oh, that's that guy G that rides around with news. I said, man, he like he get he like he get money. You know, I was thinking like that. And I said, I want to shoot. I, I, I want to know what can I do. You know, right. I, I, was, I was like, you know, how can I help him make some money? And then maybe I can make some money. And I approached him. You know, and I just, I just like, oh, we rappers, and my brother and I, we had this little rap, rap uh, group back in the day. Like, what, what project kids didn't rap? 
You know, so right, right, right. <laughs> and I told I said, hey, our name's Three the Hard Way. That was our that was our group name, Three the Hard Way. And I was like, my name Fly Dante. Uh my name was Fly Dante back then. And um what was my other name? Fly Dante. It was Fly Dante and I had another name, Tat T. So my brother's name was Mr. DJ Mr. Ed. He's like, I don't want to be no Mr. Ed. I ain't no horse. So but we said your name, DJ Mr. Ed. And my man OED. You know, so his name's Omar Long. Shout out to the Saints, man. They they have a, they're a Christian rap group now. But anyway, so and I told G, I said, you know, we rappers, man. You know, I said, uh, you think you could I knew what he was probably into, but I said that's the best way I can approach him. I said, we rappers, we looking for maybe a manager or whatever. And he heard I let him hear our tape one. Like he gave me gave me his number, his beeper number. You know what I'm saying? And I beeped him back in the day. And I said, you can come through, man. We live down the projects. So him knowing we in the projects, that's where all of the that and all that. And, and he, he saw opportunity as well. <laughs> so we started uh, hanging around him. We got into the drugs. And then one thing led to another, you know, making money. And then um, I, I found I found that um, by me being a, I found that I really had a uh, niche for knowing how to just turn nothing into something and uh, I just had to go through what I go through, went through to um, utilize it in the way that the Lord meant for me to utilize it so I make some money and then a guy got jealous of me uh, because I was making all this money in the projects how did he know you were jealous because you, what you were wearing and huh is it because of what you were wearing like your clothes no because no because I actually opened up like the middle building it was we had three project buildings that stood tall high rises and i opened up one of the spots you know i did oh, wow. what g i did what i saw g do because i started running his spots and then i mimicked his system and i did my own thing <laughs> so you know and then um so i did that in the building and they you know they knew that that was that was my little stuff and and it, it was it was crazy. I would come in at come in the house late at night. I learned about the shifts, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh working like uh working like a ten to uh uh what was it? It was crazy, man. Like a two to ten. We got out of Lamberton. This was now moving into Lamberton days. We got out of school at one one fifteen. Remember that? Well well no, Leona, you didn't go right. to Lamberton. You went to Cassidy. Okay, so Lamberton, you know Lamberton was down the street. Down the road okay. from Cassidy, and mm-hmm. we get out of school like one fifteen. So I was home literally by like one forty five because I jumped around to thirty one, and I would get home and then I would start my shift at two o'clock afternoon to ten, um, at, in the evening. <clears throat> so I learned that it was all about shifts, and then I end up mimicking that system by getting my own thing, and you know it was it was crazy, and uh, I just started coming up from there, but then. Uh, you know, things started to get crazy. Um, yeah, it took a long time. Yeah, yeah. Quick. Yep. And people, um, friend, I started seeing so-called friends getting jealous and mad and they they trying to get their guys kidnapped me and all this crazy stuff. But I was still relatively young, you know, you know, when this, when this happened. But these are the things that I went through. And then I started to go back and forth to New York, you know, getting my stuff. Um, 
you know, I'm just saying, I just keep it real. I'm putting, I'm, it's crazy what I was thinking. I was dressed up like a college kid. I would get, uh, literally get on the bus, the Peter Pan bus, go up there uh, uh, and, and get my little stuff. I made me a little connection up there. Like I'm doing this. I was, I was about, and when I was doing this, I was about, um, um, like, jeez, I was like nine, 18 when I was doing this, like 18. And, uh, you know, I had bought myself, you know, my first car, Citation. Then I bought a Cherokee Jeep. Back then, I did it like my guy G. I mimic his little Jeep. So by me, you know, going up back and forth from New York, I started getting more and more stuff. I was trafficking my own stuff. And, you know, but I never loved it. I just... And I will always pray and say, God, can you help me to stop doing what I'm doing? You know? Right. And what happened was um, um, then I started driving up there and I used to take like, um, I was just like a little college kid and I would take like a radio with me with books and I was putting stuff in the back of the radio. Like I'm talking about like a nice size radio and and I was like, damn, you know, I don't want to keep doing this. If I could... If I could do this, you know, uh, in, a, in a good way, you know, and I would talk to the Lord and ask him, you know, I, I would be okay if I could do this just in a positive manner. I started getting, you know, I, I was in the big leagues. And and then what happened was um, uh, one day I looked at the buildings downtown. I was in the projects, right? I went outside. I looked at the buildings downtown. I was I went up to like near Market Street, 46. And I was like, I want to, I want to be a successful businessman someday. But, but what happened was, God knew my heart. They, you know, Jesus, He knew my heart. He knew I didn't want to do what I was doing. Right. You, know, you just um, got caught up, and you. Yeah. A lot of times, people get caught up in their environment. Yeah, they course. get caught up absolutely. in the, the situation. Yes, absolutely. And so, one of the things that I was always taught was, you know, you 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 can't judge people. You can't. And one of the best things that ever happened to me was, you know, being raised and born and raised in the family in which I was because I had so many different facets of yeah. lifestyles Absolutely. to learn from. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so you were learning from the lifestyles sure. of the different people For sure. that you were exposed to. For sure. And there were desires that you had. There were things that you wanted, but you knew deep down inside, okay, this is not right because look at look at everything I have to go through to get it. But yep. at the same time, if you didn't take care of you, who was going to take care of you? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you. And that's, yes. And that's, that's how it was. And I just, yeah. I just, I just knew uh, once I said that, then, you know, that's when I, I told the Lord that I want to be successful in whatever it is that he has to take away, take it away. And so when you told the Lord, when you when you had that conversation with God, yeah. shortly thereafter, is that where the kidnapping happened? Yeah. yeah. So no, not even then. So sixteen, the kidnapping happened. Fair. That was, that was, <laughs> yeah. That was really yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So okay. Hold on. That's not even when I was illegal. Like I was legal okay. then. You know. Okay. Okay. Let's back up. Let's back up because here's the thing. <laughs> because see stuff like that is 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 frightening to me. Right. It really is. Because, you know, I, I, I can see the times are changing. Like I said, mm. I, I had always felt safe at one point, right. even though Philly is, you know, um, 
one of the top cities in the United States of America where murder is at the top of the list. Um, it may be third or fourth in the, in, in the United States at this point, but coming up because we had elders, you know, your name in those streets meant something. Now, as my grandfather started to get older, you know, I was still a baker girl because of my, my uncles. And so I was able to walk through the hood without any blemishes, right, right. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I was safe, but at the end of the day, it was the hand of the Lord always there. You know, it wasn't necessarily just my grandfather's name or just the people that knew him. And I'm, and I'm grateful that God covered me in that way because when I think of the brothers who have passed, even since me being in Houston, um, the gun violence is just so real when I'm constantly worried about these brothers dying, it just, it just breaks my heart. Uh, so you mean to tell me in 2016, somebody kidnapped you because they were watching you? Because I'm sure you were wearing your watches and your jewelry because that's one of the things that you do. You invest your money yeah. and you take, you buy watches, you buy yeah, diamonds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm going to get to all that. Yep, that's right. I'm going to get to all that for sure. So, so I'm going to speed up. I'm going to speed up things. And um, so basically, you know, as I came up, one day, I um, after I, like I said, after I told God to take everything away. That's when uh, indictments started coming down. That's when I was standing. I was I was standing on the corner, Fifty Third and Market Street. It was um, a club called the Mirage, and it was about two thirty when the club let out. And I was up there. You know, I had my. I always had custom cars. I had a custom red Lexus, and I was standing out there, and then. Actually, you know, um, I was already I was already in like a little street war with a guy, uh, with a group of guys. Well, I wasn't. What happened was I, I had a corner, and they just they tried to come and just say, "Oh, we're going to take over." And I was like, "Oh, don't mess with me," <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they had a little beef with me. Parked on the corner that night, you know, I, I had like all I was always I always could dress. I always like to dress with, with fashion and all that. I'm like that to this day, and. I had like all Gucci on, so I was looking really nice. The women was complimenting me and all that, but I don't know. I just felt a little weird that night, and um, and there was a guy that started shooting, and he was parked on the side of the club. You know how you go to get inside of a car, like if you were to pass the back passenger, you get in the back seat, and you open the door, and you go to get in, and you you kind of like go half before you sit down into the car. You got one foot in the car, one foot out the car, and you're about to sit down. But you, like, if you, like, right, like in that position, the guy, like, shot up in the air and then I think caused a chaos. I seen this and he shoot up in the air, but I didn't run because I was, like, uh, I was seeing a lot of gun violence and shootings and things like that. So it didn't do nothing to me, but it was, it was normalized. It was it normalized. Was just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's crazy is I, I said, um, the guy got in the car while he was shooting. Everybody else started running, and then me and my me and my one of my friends, we wasn't he was he didn't run, we didn't run, and then I said to myself, I said, I said I'm, I'm good, God ain't gonna let nothing happen to me, and I really felt, and, and, and this is this is when I also got I also got uh, turned back to the Lord because I got saved when I was like like 13, 
12, 13, with the understanding that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. We used to go to Bible study uh-huh. back in the day, before then. So my mom planted the seed of Christ in me. So, right. so I was like, you know, Lord ain't gonna let nothing happen to me. And like I said, I had turned, I had just turned away from like retiring from out the streets. And um, so this is was the beginning of my fall, you know, to the to the bottom so that the Lord could rebuild me. And uh-huh. and so when that happened, I went to get my car, and next thing you know, the gunshots went off. And I was hitting the back of the head, and my, my friend got hit in the back of his head. I drove myself, yep, yeah, drove myself to the hospital, and I was like, I, I gotta, I can't be doing this like this. I gotta, I gotta chill. I, I can't be doing this like this. And I said, I, I'm gonna leave the streets alone. Then I started getting into like, um, like, like white collar crime type stuff, you know, with checks, bad checks, yeah. and money and stuff like that. And then I got caught for that as well. So that's like I said, indictments started coming down and and all that all that stuff. And and I went to jail. I did my time. And right. um, you know, one of my friends had set me up before I went to jail. In the mix of that, I was always being under investigation because one of my uh-huh. so-called friends from back in the day, it was no, it was three of them, three guys that I knew. It was three different cases. They set me up, you know, and and. You know, so that taught me a lot. They wore wires on me, things like that. So, um, by me not having no, no like, like uh, assaults on my, you know, uh, violent crimes, and I just had like petty crime. You know what I mean? So it was like a slap on the wrist they gave me, and but I, I did end up losing everything in the mix of when I was making that transition. I um, I got a job at the Marriott, you know, because the my, you know, my lawyer was like, hey, you want to have a job? You know, before you go, go and find that judge, so I did that. Uh, a good seed, I planted a good seed in me, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I could do this. I could find myself working and stuff." You know, and then I educated myself on real estate, so I started closing real estate deals. You know, mm-hmm. I taught myself how to buy and sell properties. You know, and without no money out my pocket, things like that. And my family was so used to me selling drugs, being a good person. Well. Uh, I was taking care of your family. Yeah, you know, yeah. you they, they know I had a good purpose, a good heart. Wanted, but then it's like I'm selling drugs, so like you're you no, you're you're poisoning people. But you know, you got to talk about the mindset yeah. of what it was at the time, yeah. so then yeah. they can recognize yeah. how to get out. Of that's it. right. That's right. How to make a choice to get out? Sure, of it. for sure. And then that's you know, so I end up uh, building a real estate portfolio. Um, and I, I ended up um, buying buying land um, that was in a good area, and I partnered up with my mentor. Mind you, this was collecting like the fourteen hundred block of Bainbridge. That's artisan artisan townhomes is our is our uh, establishment. So, and what happened was, unfortunately, I had to go to I had to go to jail because I turned myself in and. You know, mm, so, yeah, so what happened was I went to jail, I came home and, and we, uh, we got the land appraised, uh, and we collected three blocks of properties, 1400 Bainbridge, Pemberton and Cater street. And 
we knocked all the homes down. And uh, so I, as I, as the thing is, as I was buying and selling real estate, when I was making that transition from out the street right. into the legal life of a businessman, um, we would, you know, I would buy, I would make my, take my profits and buy up the homes. So as I, as I collected all the properties, we then, once I, the land appraised, the appraisal came in at 12 million for the land. Oh, wow. So what happened was my, my, uh, my godfather, who was my partner in on this, he carried the fort, held the fork down and continued to, you know, we had our blueprints and continued to, you know, build the first two model homes and all that good stuff. And he was giving me the progress as I was in jail. And that was in 05. What happened was we ran into, we had started our development and we ran into the issue of the economy being in a recession. So it slowed everything down. But while I was in there, he actually was selling these properties. So by the time I came home, we finished up phase two. Phase two was, phase one was the right side of Bainbridge and the left side. Phase two was Cater Street and Primerton Street. So I came home. We're all finished. He, uh, he, you know, had my money put in escrow. You know, he was just, we were just getting revolving construction loans as we would sell the first two model homes. Then we had just go right back because the bank gave us a line of credit for twelve million. Once we got the house, the, the land appraised, they, they, they oh yeah, that's they give you that line of credit yeah, because yeah, yeah. you got that, you signed that paper. Yeah, that's and right. You have that land. That bank is going to give you that loan. Right, that's right. They said, "Hey, <laughs> these guys, they default on their on their loan on their they're loan. They're going to get that bank. Get, yeah, 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 yeah. They want to. Right. So we uh we stuck to the plan. Um, and once we did the once we did the project, we were collecting land. We would take that that profit and collect other land throughout the city as well. So now. So now we sold 33 of those homes to this day, 33, and they, they went, the first, it cost us about 300000 to build each home, and our first home sold for like $9.7 nine and then after that, they, the rest of them sold between $1.5 to $2 million each house. Mind oh, you, yeah. it only cost us about 300000 to build each home. Let me just do the numbers for them real quick. Yeah. If you sold those homes for... 1.5 million and you had 33 that's about 50 million dollars yeah yeah and, and we, it cost us about 200 yeah it cost us about 300 uh and 50 thousand to build minus yeah and and you can yeah. subtract if you said it was how much 300 and what three it was it was 33 of them that we sold and it was 300 and about 50 thousand to build them and then once we with the minus the closing costs and and uh things like that um we were probably i mean, yeah, I mean, yeah y'all y'all had some money yeah <laughs> y'all had, had a nice, yeah for sure i don't then, know how much the cost was but uh yeah y'all were yeah, that's why so you started out with um your your godfather yeah. and him being somewhat of a mentor right um you know your hustle first right. you know god having your back then your godfather helping you get those contracts right and y'all work together absolutely and then at that point how does Floyd Mayweather transition into oh, it? And yeah. what was it about you that he wanted to bring you into the TMT family? Yeah. Well, what happened was I had saw this, I had, this kid had, he used to see my Instagram page and, you know, cause I would like kind of like 
mentor people into doing real estate deals and I would let them see me close my deals and these huge deals and so he was like he, he DM'd me one day was like hey I met Floyd Mayweather you know Floyd likes smart investments so we ended up he said hey can you go to the fight with me out the DC Armory you know in DC whatever and I said alright cool and that's where I met Floyd at out there um, and then me and Floyd we ended up on a tour bus and we ended up kicking it and you know, he, 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 he saw kind of like, you know, I was a thorough dude. I had my own money and I was a very smart businessman, you know. So then that's yeah, not enough. Yeah, me and Floyd, we got really tight. And then I ended up uh, sponsoring his, you know, his youth football team, you know, TMT Red Lions, you know, TMT youth football team. But, you know, people that don't know, because you had helped to sponsor our, our reunion, I'm very grateful for that. Oh, yeah. Some of the yeah. women who wanted to go and attend the reunion, um, it, it was, a, that was a blessing. So thank you. Thank you once again. And we did give you, you got your plaque. I love it. Yes, <laughs> it was dope. I love it. Love it. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You earned that. Sure. So, Yep, so Floyd and I, and then I ended up, um, you know, I traveled with him. I, I do some uh, some uh, other little business deals with him that I, uh, smart investments over there in, um, in Vegas in regards to, um, we had these like these shipping containers, re, uh, remodel, turned them into VIP shipping booths, and uh, you got the Oakland Raiders Stadium being built now and then we, we said okay this would be kind of cool to have like these huge nice um high-end parties you know for the um, football players and celebrities and things like that so right i jumped in on that investment <laughs> um, oh um, yeah i saw i saw you uh with tiny yeah, 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 yeah. right right, right for sure. yeah for sure then floyd and i got really really cool you know i went to um travel all over the world now and you know, then uh, also when uh, we stopped at one particular event where it was an exhibition fight with Champ. I went to Japan with him. I walked him out to the ring. You know, all that good stuff. And we just we just built a really good relationship. That's around a time where, um, you know, guys were looking at my Instagram. And um, I was in Vegas where a situation happened. Um, a guy that I thought was my friend, you know, he ended up having me robbed at a gas station in the desert, and um, that's when they had kidnapped me, and they were taking me out to the desert. They told me I wasn't ever coming home. I said, yeah, okay. I jumped out of that car, and I sprung. I got away, and- um, Wait a minute, so they kidnapped you and put you in a car? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was- This was in Vegas? Yeah, in Vegas, yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh. I so oh. yeah, my friend that I was uh, my friend. Now he's not my friend, but uh, yeah. this guy I was with. He um, he said you were. Yeah, yep. He's. Oh, he, he was I took like, yeah, I know, I know. I I, I took like I took like a quarter million dollars in cash out there, um, because I was going to try like look for a home out there. You know what I'm saying? And, and at the time, yeah. buy a home, and I was going to make a cash offer for it. And <laughs> so, you know, at the same time, I was doing like a little promotional video of TMT, the money team, and all that good stuff. So he knew how, how much cash I had on me, and he kept he kept uh, calling around for me, you know, for me to um, for me to come hang out, whatever. And he was, you know, he he was he never had called me this much before. But this one particular wow. day, he was calling and calling, and um, and then um, what happened was uh, I had went out 
with him. I met him, and he's like, yo, you can bring your money and all that stuff. And, you know, I know you like to shine and all that. You ain't got nothing to worry about. You know, I got the pistol in the car and all this. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, and, and like I said, I had got too comfortable with kind of like I left my street, my street senses it's behind. Yeah, my street, oh, man. I left it behind. And then, yeah, because I was so used to doing legal things. You understand? Yeah. It kind of yeah. almost cost me my life. But, but oh, you know, he was man. asking questions that I should have, some red flag should have went off, but it didn't. Right. And, um. So I only took like fifty five hundred out with me that, that 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 night. I left the rest of the money at the hotel because he was telling me, "Yeah, bring bring your jewelry and all that stuff," you know. And like I said, it was really stupid. I didn't realize it. And like, and right. I'm from West Philly. Like, are you kidding me? But, yeah, yeah. I tell you, you know what I mean? Uh, you can take me out of Philly, but you can't take Philly yeah, out of the yeah. My spidey senses be on. I'm, That's another story. But anyway, go you. ahead. I hear you, sis. And it was just mm. I should have. I should have recognized it, but no, no. But God got you because the thing is, He needed that that man to be exposed. Yeah, He needed that man to be exposed, and He also needed you to be careful. Exactly. At the end of the day, we have one life to live, and I don't. I, we have one life to live, and and here's the thing: I don't judge people. Like with me, back in the day, I would have my little pocketbooks and my name earrings and all of those things. But I worked for that. Mm -hmm. uh, so it wasn't that my boyfriend was taking care of me because I've had so so many people asking, who grew up in you or who's taking I've always taken care of myself. There are only two men that have taken care of me, my daddy and my grandfather. Yep. I've only had two relationships my whole life. Right. I've dated a little bit, but I've only had two relationships and I have children from those relationships. Right. So the point is, yeah. I have always hustled myself. I have always taken care of myself. All of my brothers around me, you, and a few others, all y'all millionaires. Right. And you know, technically on paper, I will be in a little bit, you know, <laughs> but I gotta, I gotta get there, That's you know, and, and on God's terms. Of course, it's clear. It's gonna happen when you least expect it. Yeah, and I don't, and I don't want, I don't want women to feel like they can't have relationships with brothers yeah. who are doing well because they're worried about the stigma that some people want to try to put on them. Because right. trust me, if I had somebody putting millions in my bank account, I would not be on the podcast. Y'all yeah. <laughs> would I wouldn't be on the Inspiration Incubator. Exactly. Okay, I would, be on, I would be cutting some other deals. Right, right, right. You know, we'll never but, get cold. I yeah, but but it's, it's, it's coming though because Okay, that. I, I, um, that's right. For sure, for sure. Because I, uh, I never expected. I never. I know I wanted. I was. I was destined for greatness. But yeah. I mean, I'm on. You know, probably jet. You know, my Rolls Royces. Yeah, I'm talking about paid for cash. So yeah, yeah. you got got you. You, yeah. you all the way up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I never from from. From the projects to private jets, I never expected that. I knew, like I said, I expected greatness, but I, I mean, come on. When you out there and you really like walking up and down the street selling DVDs and you ain't, you, you, you know, you, you talk about, you want it. You, I was working towards it, but I didn't, you know, I was just like, you, you know, you understand what I'm saying. I didn't yeah, it, it, you had no idea yeah, that the, the bounty yeah. would be so yeah. sweet. And, and the thing is, you know, um, as a as a as a woman, I feel that 
you have to maneuver in this world a little different. Yeah. Because yeah. of everything that will come your way. Yeah, absolutely. When I close my night, my eyes every day, I'm at peace with everything that I do. And um, and I'm and I'm grateful from you know from where God has brought me from. And by the time I tell my story and put it in the book, yep. some people are looking like, wow, she went through all of that. Yes, I did. And it's by the God's grace and mercy that I'm still standing because there's nothing but nothing but the blood. That's right. I'm telling you. That's right. <laughs> but, nothing. You know, but I'm very, very happy um, for you. And I'm very excited that God kept you in the midst of all those things. And like for me, I, I don't judge people like some people are flashy. Some people aren't. You know, we we have one life to live. So my thing True. is this. True. Long as you have your your life insurance, make sure you have. And I'm not saying I know you know. No, I'm just saying it's people. But as long as you have your, um, your your attorney in charge of your affairs, yep. If God forbid something happens to you, you know your will. Hey, enjoy your life exactly. because you can't take none of this with you when you go. You can't. You can't. cannot take and any. Thing yep. with you yep. when there you, you go. go. There you go. For everybody that's trying to take that money with them when they go, they could have blessed somebody mm-hmm. with it while they were here. There you because go. Because you can't take none of it with you. You can't take the cars. Right. You can't take none of it. So enjoy it. That's enjoy right. yourself. Yeah. I see you doing what you do. I'm like, go, oh, bro. Yeah. I'll be cheering you when I'm one of your cheerleaders too. I good. got. A, I have a few brothers that I I really admire. And who are good brothers, right. who are millionaires, but aren't snotty, aren't snooty, right. and they just wrote just day one brothers. Yep, and that's what and I'm going yep. to root them on, and yes, I'm going to be their cheerleader. Right. And all of that transferring of energy is coming right back. Of course. Okay? Of course. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's how I am. I'm, I'm super, uh, like, you, you, if you meet, well, you know me, so the average person yeah. meet me, they, they never, they just be, like, so stunned on how humble... I am how yeah, I sit and talk with the homeless. You know, I, I give that's that's just that's just you though. Yeah, like you're not if you're not on some new day, you, know, you don't know who you are or you're not grateful for what you have. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was in Vegas and I took this um this homeless brother, he had lost a job. He was he was homeless. He wasn't like one of those less fortunate people that's like with no shoes on and they really got like uh, older to them, real bad. It wasn't. He wasn't one of those people, you know. But he was he, down on his luck. Brother, yeah, he was yeah. on his luck, and he was homeless. I met him on the Vegas Strip. I took him for a ride my Lamborghini, and that was nice. yeah, I took him for a ride my Lambo, and and then that that inspired him so much. He ended up uh, maybe like a week after he ended up getting a job, and he was just like, "I'm good, man. I'm great, man. Thank you, man. That's what I needed." So it was kind of cool. I like. I like I like doing those little those things with people like that, and then I go around to the youth, talking to the children, little colleges and high schools, and just just talking to the children. And um, and I know that like my Instagram page, um, mm-hmm. I actually uh, my videos I used to have up there were like really like I was just like I said I used to make videos of me closing deals and going to the bank. You know, right. getting the money, and then I would tell people, "See, with this deal, I made this all with no money out my pocket. You could do the same." So what happened was, um, and I was literally posting up like quarter million, half a million, seven, eight hundred thousand. I'm talking about cash. Like I was literally going to the bank, getting bricks of money from the teller, and they slotted through. I would order it 
one day because when you get that kind of money, you got to order it first. So they have it ready in like two days. I go there and pick it up. And I was showing all this, but what what happened was, okay, yeah, I was showing the people how real it was, letting them know that they can, you know, sell their properties and flip their properties and do the same thing. But then you got the wolves. You got the wolves looking and lurking. And what happened was, um, was uh, guys had actually, um, this was like in 2000 and, uh, this was like in 2017, like February. What happened? What happened then? Yeah, what happened was, um, you know, my, me being on Instagram, you know, I was, you know, I was in and out, you know, at my home over in Vegas and then Philly. And so I'm mm-hmm. going back and forth. And by me showing these videos on Instagram, they saw how much money, like they knew, like I'm not one of those guys that put a hundred dollar bill on top with the ones and you know, whatever. But they knew like I literally was getting what I said from the bank. Like I'm really there. My mom so who was really, watching the haters and, or the feds or both? Nah, nah. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't uh it wasn't the feds because it was all legal. That's the man, that is the most beautiful feeling in the world. That's what I'm saying. Who watching? The haters? Yeah, it was a guy that knew me. Again, it was a brother that had knew me. Um, He was watching me. It was a a dude that grew up with me. He was watching, and they both got together and put a tracker under um, one of my uh, one of my cars. And no. then, yeah, yep. They put it, it was, it was, it was. Don't tell, you know what? I, I got to see now. <laughs> you gonna have nobody he's accused tonight. How was that? With you? <laughs> yeah. So oh they, they, put a, they put a tracker under my car. They got these trackers. Whereas, oh, I know. I heard. And, and trust yeah, me. you could put it inside of a magnetic case and then you can like pop it up under somebody's frame and you'll never know it's there. And it'd be going today right on the app on a phone. They could be following you the whole time. So and that's what they do. I better check, yeah. check under my car every now and again. <laughs> Man, it's crazy. I'm telling you, it's crazy. There, people don't. So when you found it, did you did you did you press charges? What happened? Well, you know, this one particular night, I always pray and ask the Lord to watch over me, even in times where I don't know what's going on, because the Lord knows everything, and you know, you always got the devil, you know, trying to. Trying, trying to, to get, in. get in. And so I always ask him, Lord, you know, protect me and watch over me, Lord. I know, you know, whatever's going wrong, whatever the devil got planned for me, you know, you come in Jesus' name, you know, in Christ Jesus' name. And I'll be praying. I pray hard, even to this day. And so by me doing that, the Lord assembled his angels, you know, and they they was definitely around me. This one particular night we was going home and um, it was actually wasn't home. It was one of my properties where um, I had I had uh, I, I used to stop at every once in a while. When I was walking in, I went in, and as I went in, I went upstairs, and I never usually I never really usually go straight upstairs. We always, you know, go in and I'll check the basement, you know, the first floor. Then I'll go upstairs. But this one night. I felt cold. I was like, oh my God. I was like, why is it so cold? It wasn't even, it wasn't, I mean, it was in February, but this particular day, this particular day, it wasn't cold at night. It was literally probably like, um, like 69, 68 degrees at nighttime on this day. But I was really cold. So I know that was the Lord's angels around me. 
you know? So I went in and I was upstairs and I heard my wife like scream and she went to shut the door and I heard, boom, where the money at? Where the money at? You know what I'm saying? And um, then my alarm went off and then they got up out of there once the alarm went off. You know what I'm saying? So um, then I guess a call like a half an hour later, the guy calls me, you know, oh yeah, man, I, you know, he sent me a text. Yeah, man, you know, uh, some guys is on your top, man. Be safe, be careful. And I said, okay, he got something to do with it. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and then uh, what happened was um, he, I went to see him, you know, me and my wife and, you know, my wife's likes to carry. And so I act like I was stupid. Oh God, yeah, what happened? He'd give me information and all that. And so as I, as he was giving me information, we put everything together. We end up finding out who he is and all that stuff. And um, it was crazy because I could have resorted to the, uh, kind of went the street way about it. Right. Right. But, and that was the hardest test. I, that was, that was like the hardest test that I've ever had to put up with. Like I had um, an encounter, I'm sorry, because wow. I knew everything about him. I knew everything about him. And, uh-huh. you know, when you making money, you got people that want to do things for you just to be on your good side when you making money. Wow. That, let's just be real. But I didn't want to do that. I knew the devil was testing me. I knew yeah. he's always yeah. trying to ruin your life. It's just it's just not worth it. Yeah, it it's just it. like a woman. It's just like a woman, you know. Um, you know, I meet men all the time. Right, right. Okay, right. I'm an attractive woman. I'm right. single. Right. I have people sure. ask me all the time, yeah. "Why am I single? Why right. am I single? Right. I'm single because my husband hasn't found me yeah. yet. That's right. That, that, right. that I know of. That's right. You know. Right. And so that's the only reason. No. There is no rhyme. There's no reason. Yeah. I'm too much. Yeah. Too much for one man, not enough for two. Nah, you know, right. it's, it's, right. it's just that You know your worth. You know your worth. And, yeah, I do. Absolutely. And God, and, God has a great, he has a great, great man for you. Um, and it's, it's, it's God's cooking up his recipe now. Trust me. <laughs> Amen. I'll let him cook. That's you know, I'm just going to sit back, enjoy my life. But I say that to say when you said, I brought that up because you said, that the the test yeah. the test yeah my god my god my god yeah. okay <laughs> don't okay. think that uh the lord has not tested me or i haven't put myself to the test absolutely you know? absolutely for, for a while there for a while there when you're able to stay on the right track and you're able to stay on the right road because that's the road you want to be on. Right. But what happens? My God, my God. Huh. What happens when you're put in a situation Man. where you're ready to just say, you know what? Mm-hmm. Lord, I just might, you know? Let me tell you. you know, what, what, what do you do? Have to lean on your core. And that's what you did. And and that's what I've had to do. I didn't. I've, I've had to lean all on the Lord. Like, Please. Lord, come on, Please. man. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> when, when a man starts talking about showing you where you've been in the last two weeks, showing you my God, mother. Man. Oh, yeah. We seen when you guys were here. You was eating and... With with you know the you you there with your mother in law they tell you what kind of car she driving they start talking about they studied your family and all that because they was gonna try to kidnap me and hold me for ransom me and my wife 
So yeah. this is just yeah. Child. And he like literally showed me uh tr- the, the the app and in the app it showed like my recent trips and all that and and it was like oh yeah you he was here on this day you he was here on that day they was gonna get you know but he was the culprit <laughs> you know what I'm saying and what happened was um that was so hard for me not to um snatch him up or have him snatched up <laughs> that was that was yeah. I mean come on you talking about yeah, yeah, yeah. I know when, when, yeah. Oh, when so. your emotions get involved. What? I, your emotions what am I get involved. Your, yeah, what your wife is there too. Come on, I'm not. Of course, you talk. Yeah, you talk about yeah. how you going to do this to my grandma. I try to punch her out and grab her and put her in a car, the van, and these dudes. These dudes left a van in front of my, uh, a truck in front of my property with uh, with duct tape in it, zip ties. And and the guy actually, so the guy was trying to steer me over to the wrong direction and had me blinded, thinking that what he was telling me was the truth. It was the truth, but he was saying that he stepped off and he didn't want to had nothing to do with it. Um, you know, once he found out it was me and all that, no, that was just his second plan to try to get some money from me because he tried to. Oh, pay me for some information and I'll give you the information on who it was. Man, we ended up finding out everything. It wasn't nothing but the right. Lord. We found out everything. Um, and he told on himself. Like he was, I was like, 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 look at the Lord work. Like he had this guy just telling me stuff and it was accurate information. And yes. it was accurate information. And I'll tell you one day <laughs> off. Uh, okay, yeah, off yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like amazing. I'm like, yo, like God, like wow, thank you, Jesus. So it's like the Lord wanted me to stop doing too much. I was doing too much on social yeah. media. I was yeah. doing way too much. Um, and so what happened was, I said, you know what, Lord, I, I need your strength. Me and my wife, we praying together, you know, and and you know, and she was like, she was like, she, she a Taurus, so she don't play no games, and so. <laughs> So I, had to, I was, you know, we were just standing in prayer. We praying together. And as I was getting off my jet, um, that was like in February. I was getting off my jet like in July, coming from my crib in Vegas. I was over there for a little bit. And uh, while I was walking across the Clearport, you know, about to go to my car, I get a phone call from my cousin telling me that, you know, uh, the, the, the guy, the mastermind behind it, he ended up shot. So I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't even have to do anything, and his karma did it for him. Because he was, he was like, he was doing this. Like this, is what he was doing. He was, he went to jail for a long time, and then he came home. He was still, still doing the same stuff to people. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, yeah, it, it was crazy. It it, 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 it sounds crazy. I keep words. I keep my Bible. I keep books around me to help keep me on the path in which I need to be. That's right. Um, I'm not perfect, but I, I try to to get to where I'm going in life. Not I don't ever try to be perfect. I'm I'm trying to align myself for the things that I'm praying for, for the right. for the desires that God has put in me. And it's it's going to it's going to be work. There you go. And and, and for people that just want things to come, no, you're gonna have to work. Yep. There you go. Okay. There you go. You so. 
yeah, you can't you can't expect you can't expect uh people to I get that all the time. I mean, yo, what's up, Money Shy? Because you know, people they know me as uh Money Shy, you know, yeah. or Money Team Shy, you know. So mm-hmm. hey Money Shy, man, uh, put me on. You know, that's how they that's how they speak it, you know. They put me right, on right, right. Know, what's up, man? Let me you know, like uh damn, you know, let me hold something. You know what I'm saying? Talking about cash. Or, yeah. And, but the, the, the most famous one is put me on. I mean, I get that from a lot of people, family and all that. And and it's, it's crazy because you don't even, you can't expect someone to put you in a position that you have not deserved. You like you, 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 you don't deserve it. So why would I put you in a position that just put you right there? Like no hard work. You ain't have to go through nothing. And just give it, give you the silver spoon. There's something important that was missing. It's called the process. Yeah. There's a process, and there's one thing for someone to give you something as a blessing and say, "Hey, I just want to bless you. This is for you." And it's another thing to go to someone with a heart of expectation. I have millionaire friends. I have never gone to any of them and asked for anything. I understand. Okay. Yep. Even if I needed it. Because I was looking to God to make a way. There you go. And knowing that all I had to do was make a phone call. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. So, so because, again, when you go through through the process, you set yourself up. It's called preparedness. God right. is preparing you to get to right. where you're going. Right. You get all the glory because, for your story. Because, and that's so true. Because, um, like, when me and my wife was going through our struggles and everything, we were like, you know... We, we thought, like, we used to dream big back then. We we would uh, close our eyes, imagine, things like that. And, you know, once we went through, the, you know, the process, once we got done the process, we looked back and said, wow, we, wow. we, 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 we really just got prepared for the blessing. So... Yeah, but 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 before we went through it, we wanted it. We was, you know, eager for it, you know, and and but we wasn't ready for it. Like literally, right. like I know that. So, but then once we made it, then it's like, damn, I realized that I wasn't even ready for it back then because of all the things that we had to go through. I had to go through. It was with right. her. She had to go through everything that we had to go through. It was like, damn. Like what if we what if we just had the blessing overnight, but then we still would have had to we didn't have this right, we didn't have that right. We weren't ready for this because of this. We didn't know about this. So it would have been a it would have been a disaster. It would have. So we we it was on God's time. So we had to go through the process to become beautifully formed, like a butterfly. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's so true. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. And what some people don't know about the butterfly is if you take the cocoon of a butterfly and you attempt to open it up, you are not helping the butterfly because Mm -hmm. the butterfly needs to take its wings and it it needs to break through the cocoon to strengthen the wings so that they can fly. But if you take your hands and you try to open up that cocoon too soon, you just damage that butterfly. Wow, ain't that something? When we change ourselves, our lives change too. Some people are stagnated. If you want to grow, you have to be willing to let people, 
places and projects go. That's right. So when you're growing, you're growing, you're growing up. That's right. So there's some things that gonna fall off. That's right. Period. It's just like a, a tree that's going through, you know, growth process. The leaves start to fall off. Absolutely. In order for the new stems to start to grow. Absolutely. So all of those relationships that you go through, healthy and not, they're all connected. But in the end, you have to understand which ones do you desire, which ones are helpful, and which ones are hurtful. Our behavior should match our thoughts and actions. History repeats itself until we learn from it. And that's from everything. You know, if we don't learn how to move forward and with the right actions and the right deeds, history is going to repeat itself. So at the end of the day, bro, learn and live. Live your life the way that you want to live your life. Learn from your mistakes. If you know you got people tracking you down, like you said, you had to rear back a little bit. Learn move on because we can't take any of this stuff with us so when i see people you know traveling with their wives and you know taking their children on you know vacations to rome and italy you know i love to see those things it's very inspiring to me because that's where i plan to be one day you know that's right going on vacation and absolutely you should be taking your children absolutely you should be taking your wife and your loved ones because these are the these are the core relationships that matter. Yep. Sometimes we get so caught up our surroundings and we get so caught up in our day to day that we don't realize we are not in control. We are not. And when COVID hit, I call it the equalizer. It let everybody know, shut it down. I'm telling you. Okay. Time to shut it down period point blank doesn't matter how much money you have it doesn't matter what you look like it doesn't matter where you live on this planet your location you have to shut it down and if we have not understood in this climate that we are all one one people you know all children of god and that we all have more in common than we don't and if these men instead of them running around here some of them they Darn near 60, still don't want to commit. You know, you you got some sisters the same way. You know, I'm not just going to call the brothers out. Um, We're living in a climate where healthy relationships are necessary because, you know, there's HIV and AIDS out here. You just can't be out here sleeping around. And it's hitting our homes tremendously in the black and brown communities. Uh You know, people dying right and left. And then you have a surge of cancer coming on the scene. I, I lost, unfortunately... And I want to dedicate the podcast tonight because um, I learned of another sister and it just breaks my heart. Another sister named Jennifer, she um, she passed. I just learned about it in the in the process of right before you and I started to come on the podcast. And um, I just my heart just goes out to she and her family, my God. And my of course, my heart goes out to Barbie and, and, and that family. And it's just like every day I turn around, somebody is leaving this earth. And I just ask God to just help me to use every bit of me that I have to get the messages out to to the people that need to get the messages so that they can be inspired and help me to balance with loving my child and doing the things that I need to do since I am a single parent because people are leaving out of this world, I mean, back to back to back. And there are young people and this is not COVID. I mean, young people just dying, dropping dead. And I am just like, my God. I just don't understand why people won't invest in their families more yeah. and invest, in, you know, loving one another more. So, right. but I, I want to ask you a question. Sure. 
question I want to ask you, what advice would you give people who are wanting to be millionaires and they're not there yet, but they're wanting to become a millionaire because that's on your to-do list? Mm -hmm. Well, the advice that I would give is that don't put a time frame on when you're expecting to make your first million. Reason being because if you say, if you're looking at like, oh man, you're, oh man, I, I got to get this money. I got to, I, I want to make my first million. I want to hurry up and make it. Um, you know, I want to, I want to be rich in two years. If I ain't rich in two years, man, I'm going to be upset with myself. Don't put a time limit because it's going to happen on God's time. All you do is continue to, to plant your seeds by networking, educating yourself with, 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 and whatever craft or field or sector of business that you choose to go in, just continue to network, network, educate, um, surround yourself in that, a, a particular circle of individuals that's going big, that's doing big things, that's going places in life, rather than the people that's not going nowhere. So don't surround yourself with them because you are the company you keep. So that's just business. <laughs> somebody i know that's right you know what i'm saying so just continue to plant your seeds all of that is planting your seeds and you put the work in and god will water he will water your seeds and i tell people i'm laying in the shade from seeds i planted years ago come on somebody I'm, all right I'm laying in the shade now you know what i mean so and, and so that's what i would suggest just keep pushing just keep pushing and don't put a time limit on it. Don't put a time frame because if you not if you didn't make your first million within that two year time frame you gave yourself, you're gonna be disappointed. You might get discouraged. So don't do that. Just keep pushing, keep pushing, and definitely don't give up. And don't tell a lot of people what you're doing. People will pray against you, even though I mean, if you you got you know you got the armor of Christ on you. You all good, but don't you know let God work. Just be patient. Let God work. Keep pushing, 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 and and just have this attitude. Have this is this attitude I, I want them to get if they don't already have it. Be willing to. This was my attitude. I was willing to to keep my relationship with Christ first. Keep that first, and continue to push, push, push. I'd rather had died broke and go to heaven rather than to lose my gain the world, lose my soul. Yes, what profits a man if he gains the world, yeah. loses soul? Yes, I, 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 I'm literally like I promise you that was my that was my mindset. That's that's like so 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 true. Keep that keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. That's, that's, you know that that's yeah that that's a that's a wonderful scripture to refer to. And I know that for myself, absolutely. That's one that works. And another one that works for me is, and this will probably help some of the ladies, whenever you have to ask yourself a question, you know, you may be thinking about going in the wrong direction because of a need or because of a desire, Oh yeah. you know? Oh yeah. So you have to ask yourself a question. Mm -hmm. What would you tell your daughter? Mm -hmm. What would you tell your daughter? Okay. Now, when I say to myself in certain situations that I'm in, it doesn't matter what the situation is. What would I say to my daughter? How would I advise my child? That's how you need to advise yourself. That's right. 
Because sometimes, especially when it comes to matter matters of the heart, we as women, we are weak, you know, when we love a man. Right. We, we we some strong people now. You know, black women are some, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, the strongest women on the planet right about now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, but when we love a, a, a person, that's that can be our weakness. Or when we have a desire to be with a person because we don't necessarily desire every and anybody. Right. Right. <laughs> you, know, you could go two, three, four, five, six, seven years, not desire no, not desire anybody particularly. And then you may have this chemistry with a, a specific person, but that person may or may not be for you or may not, the time it might be, be off. It could be anything. But the point is you need to ask yourself the hard questions and you need to love yourself like you would love your child. You know, what would you tell your child? Because the advice that some of these people are taking from their friends is not the advice that they would even tell their own child. And how I know is because people do, you know, call me about, you know, different situations, you know? And so just say to yourself, hey, what what would I want my daughter to do? That's right. And if you wouldn't want your daughter to do that, if you wouldn't want your daughter to move in that direction, to handle that situation that way, as much as it may hurt, you're going to have to focus to get to where you need to be on your journey. That's right. That's right. I tell you, bro, um, I think you and I at the two-hour mark. <laughs> All good. All good. Ooh, it's gonna be. It's gonna be so. This 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 the longest podcast I ever had. I would to be able to reconnect to get these stories. I mean, just listening to your story today, it's like wow. And you just you you just reminded me. Stay up on my Philly vibe. Yeah.